don't wait on perfectionism. Our perfectionism is an excuse that keeps people from taking action. You're listening to the Redefining Wealth Podcast with Patrice Washington. And as you know, this is the space where we come to learn more about what it means to chase purpose, not money. And I'm so excited about our guests for today because they are going to help you reassess, reanalyze, rethink, and yes, redefine how you see wealth. Now, before we get into this week's episode, I wanna remind you how important it is to rate and review the podcast so that other purpose chasers who don't even know that we're out here can find us using these algorithms. So we need you to rate and review the podcast. Before we jump into today's amazing guest though, I wanna start with the affirmation of the week. So here we go. You know, you gotta speak positivity into your life. You gotta affirm positivity. You gotta affirm abundance. You gotta affirm yourself to wealth. This week's affirmation is I stay energized by doing the work I love. I do work I love and embrace the energy it provides. When I do this work, I not only produce financial compensation, but personal satisfaction. Whether my quote unquote day job utilizes all of my gifts and talents or not, I choose to maintain a positive attitude, understanding that it is only one stop on my journey toward doing what I love day in and day out. I will not wait until I leave my current circumstances to do what I love. Even if I have to volunteer for a season, I'm willing to get in the space and around the people that bring me energy and therefore fulfillment. I declare today, I stay energized by doing the work I love. Today's guest is Dre Baldwin. For the past 15 years, Dre has been known as Dre All Day, and he's changed the lives of over 60 million entrepreneurs, athletes, and business professionals. An author of 25 books, Dre has sold thousands of copies of his books, courses, and programs while pioneering his personal brand through content creation and building a business that helps tens of thousands of people master their game in business, sports, and in life from the inside out. Without further ado, here is Dre All Day, Dre Baldwin. What's up? <laughs> What's going on, Patrice? Everything's up. How are you? I'm well. Welcome to the Redefining Wealth podcast. Well, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Excited for this conversation. I am too. I'm really excited because this season we're focused on the fit pillar. And the fit pillar mm -hmm. at Redefining Wealth is the very first pillar. I believe it's the foundation um, of anyone's success. Like, however you define wealth for yourself, I believe that if you have a vision for your life, it's your duty and responsibility to protect the only vessel you get. And you have to protect that mm -hmm. vessel, both mentally and physically. And when I found out about you, I was like, ooh, Dre would be so perfect to talk about this <laughs> as I start like looking at your stuff on YouTube. So I wanna start uh, with, you turned a w one year of high school basketball 
into an NCAA college career or into a nine-year pro basketball career. How does that work? Because most people are like, oh, I've been playing since I was three years old. How, <laughs> like, how did this happen, Dre? Man, well, we got, I could write a whole book on how it happened. Actually, I have. But uh, the short version is I didn't start playing until I was around 14. I played a bunch of other sports. And then, you know, tried out for my high school team. We only had one team, no freshman team, no JV. So just that one team. I didn't make it till my senior year. And even that one year that I played, I didn't really play. You know, I didn't play that much. And then in college, what I, I walked on. So for those who don't know what that means, that means no scholarship. Nobody knows you. You literally walk into the gym and try to earn your spot on the team. Luckily, I was able to do that. But even though I did get to play in college, I was only playing Division Three college, which is the third tier. You know, when you watch basketball on TV, March Madness, that's Division One. We were down in the basement, Division Three. So players who come from Division Three don't are not the ones who populate the professional ranks. So even after college, I played, but it's not like it was a bunch of scouts coming to my game like, hey, this is the next guy. I had to go and kind of create those opportunities. I had to hustle my way into pro basketball. The good thing about that, kind of the blessing in disguise of that, Patrice, I had to learn how to sell myself. I had to learn how to market and promote myself. And when I was doing that in that process, I learned that I actually had some, had some pretty good sales skills. I learned I was a pretty good copywriter, even though back then I didn't know what copywriting was, right? Because I was sending out all these emails trying to get them open. I knew somebody the email, I can get a positive response. But the challenge was getting them opened in the first place. I didn't know copywriting was actually a job. But I learned looking back that I had those skills from back then. So then when I started being intentional about selling myself and selling my own products four or five years later, which was to date, this coming out in 2022. So we're talking maybe 13, 14 years ago. Then I started using it on purpose. I realized I actually had some natural ability in these things. And at the same time, being an athlete, we all got to understand one day that ball is going to stop bouncing. I don't care how high you can jump. Eventually, you're not the hot guy anymore. You can't dunk on people anymore. Who are you? So I already had it set in my mind. I need other skills or I need to develop other skills that I can utilize out in the marketplace that will make me somebody even when I'm not the basketball guy. So those are all things that kind of came from my basketball experience. Oh, my gosh. I love this. I love that you started with you realized you had to create your own opportunities. How often do you see people who I'm sure are in your comments or come to your DMs and they talk about waiting for someone to acknowledge them or validate them or see their gifts? How do you how do you as someone who created your own opportunities respond to folks? I respond to them in a way that they hear what they need to hear, not what they want to hear. Let's put it that way. <laughs> and I'll let them know, listen, um, you're talking to somebody who had to create it from zero. So when someone comes to me and asks me if I can, I get basketball players asking me, Dre, do you know any agents that you can connect me with? And I, I tell them, listen, it doesn't work like that. It, you don't just, people don't just hand you favors in any industry. And I mean, unless they may be your family members, but other than that, you have to, you have to earn your opportunities. And the mm -hmm. fact that you have to earn your opportunities actually makes you stronger in the long run if you have the mental toughness to actually do the work to earn those chances. So when people come to me and say they're waiting for an opportunity, I tell them, well, you're going to be waiting a long time. Remember those Snickers commercials where I said, get, this, get yourself a Snickers bar. You won't be going anywhere for a while. That's what I, I tell people. You won't be going anywhere for a while if you're waiting on an opportunity. You must go out and create them. Now, the thing is, I, I don't just leave them hanging, and I'm sure you don't either, with saying, hey, you just got to go create it, figure it out. We go and we create the information. We put the podcast out. We write the books. We create the courses. We have the mastermind programs here. Hey, I will show you how to do it. But you got to invest in yourself. You got to meet me halfway. And what I tell people, Patrice, is the 5149 rule. 
and that if you want me to help you, you got to be 51% invested in your success. I'm only going up to 49. I'm not going past 49. And if you're not buying in any more than that, then I'm not buying in either. Oh, that's so good. I have never heard of the 5149 rule. I will give you credit forever. Mm. <laughs> I've never heard of that, <laughs> but I really like that um, because, mm. yeah, I get the same thing in my DMs all the time. And and I think anyone who has a backstory where they had to, like, fight to make something happen is really right. hard. It's not um, that I don't have compassion for people, but mm. I also, like, I, I couldn't accept my own excuses because we can all rationalize anything we want you know ration out right. we can tell ourselves anything we want and make a, a reason a valid reason for why we're not going after the thing but mm -hmm. in your case you said you got intentional about using your purpose how were you able to look back over your life it seems like and connect the dots like as you start to see oh i'm good at i was good at copywriting or i was good at selling mm -hmm. myself or marketing was that did it unfold in the doing or did you sit down one day and, and just like oh here are all the things i'm good at let me use this purposefully how did it happen for you good question so ration out lies i haven't heard anybody do that so now we, we one in one you gotta right? give me so credit <laughs> yeah i'll give you credit for that one i had not heard anybody break it down like that i like that though so for me no it's funny that you asked that question because i was just watching that I'm sure you've seen that Steve Jobs video where he gave the commencement speech at Stanford in 2005. Mm -hmm. Everybody has quoted that. And that's one of the things that he talks about is that you can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect them looking backward. That you have these things that happen that at the time they may seem, even later on, it may seem serendipitous. But when you connect the dots of how this led to this and meeting this person led to this person and three other people, then it led to the main, the main person that you're dealing with now. You couldn't have seen that coming when it happened or before it happened. But looking back, it all makes perfect sense. So for me, it wasn't I never sat down and said, let me just take stock of all my skill. I never did that. It was really just through all the stuff that I put out because I'm always talking to people. I'm always responding to text messages and DMs and comments and creating my own content. And the more you talk, sometimes things just come out of you that you weren't even planning on saying. So the more I talk about things and answer people's questions, things will come out of me and I'm like, you know what? That's actually something I could. I start need to start talking about that on purpose. I need to start talking about that consciously. So explaining how I developed this skill or recognized this talent I had in copywriting and selling myself because I was really focused on how do I achieve this what of getting to professional basketball. I wasn't thinking about all right. I need this skill, this skill, and these three abilities. I wasn't thinking about that. I was just thinking. What can I do today that will give me a better chance of getting seen, heard and known by somebody who can get me a job playing basketball? So all I did was just keep trying stuff. And in the process of trying so much stuff, it's kind of like that 10,000 hours rule. Not that it took me 10,000 hours to get on, but close. It was doing it so much that I was developing these skills, sharpening these tools. till I got to the point that I was on, I'm playing and now I got players coming to me saying, Dre, how yeah. can I get on overseas? I even get players who play D1 asking me how can they play overseas, and I play D3. So it's not, sometimes you don't even realize how valuable the skills are that you develop until people start asking you about them, and you realize, like, I thought this was natural. I thought everybody could do this. And you realize Ooh. maybe you're a special one. Yeah, I love that, keep mm -hmm. trying stuff. You know, but I find right. that that's not what people want to hear. Like, you know, yeah. I always say in my community, like <laughs> clarity comes in the doing. And so I can give you strategy. I can create frameworks. I can give you these nuggets. But at the end of the day, you're going to have to run this against like your spirit, 
like it has to be in alignment for you and you got to try stuff mm-hmm. you have to just keep trying to figure out what works for you what feels right for you what seems natural um because i'm sure even in the midst of this you learned a lot of great things about where you were talented and what skills you had but you also i'm sure learned what you didn't like and who you didn't want to work with and stuff you didn't want to do as well mm-hmm. is that fair oh Oh, 100 percent, because even while playing, even once I got on playing, because just from this this bit that I told everyone about my background, when I got out of college, my first year, I didn't even have a job playing overseas. My first year out of college, I was living in my parents' house. I worked at Foot Locker as an assistant manager, and I worked at Bally Total Fitness selling gym memberships. Now, Bally is out of business now, but hopefully not because of me. I think I did well for them. I was selling a lot of memberships. But even then, even once I got on playing overseas, it's not like my career just went you know, up and to the right, as they say. There were times where I found myself unemployed, times I found myself a free agent. And these were the periods, as I touched on earlier, where I had to ask myself, OK, well, what if I don't get that call? What if my agent does not call me with an opportunity? Who are you? What do you bring to the table? And also, uh, how are you going to pay rent? You know, how are you going to how are you going to uh, pay for this apartment? How are you going to move out of your parents house ever? If you don't have any other skill and the thing that you're good at, you can't market yourself and you can't get yourself on in that space. So I always was thinking about what else do I bring to the table? And it just so happened. We talk about connecting the dots that the Internet became the Internet at the exact time that this was going on. Like I graduated college in 2004. I started my pro career in 05. That's when I started blogging and doing YouTube before YouTube was YouTube. And it was around 2009. Now we got all the what we now call social media. Now we have content marketing. Now we start to have influencers. That was around the time that I faced this this kind of inflection point. I was unemployed from basketball. I ended up getting back employed. But during that period, I'm like, well, I can't base my my life on somebody else deciding that I'm worthy of a contract. So how can I give myself some control? And that's when I started doing things like creating content, making my own programs and products, really getting intentional about this this thing that we have now that we call personal branding. Again, that was a new thing around that time. So that's when I started really focusing on that and making my own programs and products and selling it. And when I made my first sale, four dollar ninety nine cent basketball training program, Patrice, I said, this is what I need to be doing. I can do this forever. I can trade on my knowledge forever. I cannot trade on my vertical jump forever, but I can always use my intellect. So that's how I got to that point. That's that was a turning point for me. Ain't nothing like that first little sale, right? Like that's right. That four ninety nine <laughs> could have been four hundred thousand. You like right. I am in it. Absolutely. Like somebody actually took their credit card out and paid for something mm-hmm. that I know. Like that's right. Yeah, I, I remember those days and I love it. Um okay. Mm-hmm. You seem very self reflective. Very self reflective to be able to go, how mm-hmm. am I going to do this if this doesn't work out? Um where is that from? Like, who raised you? Why are you like this? <laughs> well, I was, I guess we could say lucky enough to have two parents at home uh, growing up. Uh, my mother's an educator. She's, so I basically had a teacher in the house. So growing, I have a sister who's a year older than me and she's a college professor now. So you know, my mother was a teacher. She raised two teachers. You know, I don't teach in a traditional mm-hmm. sense, but I teach, you know, so I was always into reading and writing and just always been into reading so much. I've always thought like this. I've always been this type of person who I thought like, kind of like I was watching myself and kind of giving a narrative on myself, even when I was really young, before we had you know, these platforms to be able to express ourselves. So when, as I said, when the internet came around, 
I knew it was for me. And when I saw it, when I saw blogging and when I saw YouTube and when I saw social media, it's like, wait a minute, you just get on here and just think, talk about your thoughts and just share them with people and then people listen to you. I'm like, man, that's exactly what I want to do. Because I, I knew I had some things to say that were maybe not the same as what everybody else was saying. And I knew mm -hmm. I could articulate it in a way that I could get my point across to people in a way that they would say, okay, like they might not even agree with me, but they would have to agree that it makes sense where I'm coming from. So I always thought like that and I always had that idea. So when all of this stuff came around again, right at the time that I was kind of coming of age as an adult, mm -hmm. it was perfect timing. So that's the, connecting those dots in reverse. I love that. And I remember that from my childhood experience as well. I was just telling someone this morning um, that as a kid, I knew that the adults in my life were not making wise choices. Like, you know, mm -hmm. like I was a kid, third, fourth grade, and I could look and be like, mm, that just doesn't seem <laughs> like a smart decision. <laughs> and just always having that kind of that, I don't want to say out of body, but being able to look and think through, if I do this, mm -hmm. then here are the possibilities. And just being that way as a really young kid, which I think is a, is a blessing. But I wonder how many mm -hmm. of us, kind of have that but possibly ignore it because it's not yeah. what the norm is mm -hmm. i think that's true i think that's very true and i think i think some of it is just our wiring as people i mean i don't think it's a coincidence that you know through all of these years the two of us end up here on this show right now right here where we are but at the same time is also the influences that we have around us it's also, you know, what do we decide to do? Because there are many points in all of our lives where we kind of come to that fork in the road and you get to make a decision. Are, are you going to go in this direction or are you going to go in this direction? What are you going to do with this opportunity that's presented to you? Are you going to use it? Or are you going to do something else? You notice you have this skill. Are you going to you know, cultivate this skill or are you going to ignore it and try to force yourself into doing something else that might not be the thing for you? And those inflection points end up making all the difference. It's kind of like that, you know, the butterfly effect as they say. So I do agree with that, that some people do ignore it, but also at the same time, another thing that I'm talking about it, it's what I tell people about intuition versus conscious thinking, because your conscious mind speaks in a, like a, a conversational tone. It speaks in the outside voice, whereas your intuition speaks in an inside voice. It speaks almost in a whisper. The challenge for many of us is that we are consciously thinking all the time, and especially nowadays because we're always taking in information from so many different people like me, like you, like all the books out there, everybody on social media, that our conscious mind is always talking. It never shuts up. Yeah. And until your conscious mind gets quiet, you can't hear your intuition. You can't hear your you can't hear that inside that uh, instinct telling you what it wants to tell you, but you have to shut everything else down in order to hear your instinct because it cannot speak over top of the conscious mind. I have a confession to make. My relationship with looking good is so complicated. I don't know if you're anything like me, but I like high quality clothes. I just don't like going shopping and I definitely don't always want to pay high quality prices, if you know what I'm saying. Plus, I don't always want to wear the same stuff over and over again. So I was super excited when I found out about the clothing rental membership armoire because they are making getting dressed stylish, but super easy. When I signed up, I took a five minute style quiz and based on my preferences, they offered suggestions that would best match my lifestyle. I'm filming in a few weeks 
place and I literally just got the cutest blazers delivered to my door in as little as two days. And when I'm ready for new clothes, I can just swap them out for more new to me styles. So whether you're planning your outfit for a date night, packing for a conference or in need of a gown for some black tie event, you will be the best dressed person in the room and you won't have to feel bad for only wearing something once. Now, What I also love is that Armoire is woman-founded and women-led. They even spotlight women-owned designers on their website. So I know I'm wearing brands that are aligned with my values. I love that I can support a business that's built by women like me. If you're ready to have your dream closet delivered to your door, you might want to try Armoire. I promise you will never be without the perfect outfit for any occasion ever again. And right now, Redefining Wealth listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash wealth. That is armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash wealth to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try armoire today. That's why it's good to do things like, you know, meditation, yoga, you know, and it's almost like, Sometimes when you're talking to someone, you can tell if they meditate or do yoga. You can just tell by their energy. Like, are they just a person that has any insights? Do they see things that other people don't see? Can they talk about things that aren't just conscious thoughts that sound like they heard it from somebody else? And I think that's part of it as well, is just having that, having the wherewithal to be able to shut the conscious mind down and just listen to your own voice. One of the things that I talk about in, in one of my books, I talk about listening through the bones. Is anybody who... You know, when you sing to yourself, like you sing in the shower, even people who are not singers like me, when like me. you sing. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, you know, when you're when I'm singing the, the Drake record, you know, I think I sound like Drake, but nobody else does. Right. And the thing is, when you listen to sounds coming from another person or even listen to your own self being recorded, you don't even sound how you think you sound when you're talking. Right. And the reason is the sound that comes out of your uh, ear pods or out of a microphone or out of a car speaker travels through airwaves and airwaves conduct sound differently than the sound that travels through bones. So when you're speaking, like I'm talking right now, I can hear my own voice. That sound is being conducted through the bones in my body. And it sounds different to me than it sounds to everybody who's listening right now. So the sounds that travel through the bones is your metaphorically speaking, that's your intuition. That's you talking to you. Mm -hmm. And that voice is 10 times more valuable than anything anybody else could possibly say to you. And until people can connect with that, they may always be pushing themselves in the wrong direction. Oh, that is so good. That is so good. Um, One of the things that I always talk about here is that we have replaced this information gathering with getting Mm -hmm. to know our intuition, right? Like with really tapping Mm -hmm. into that intuitive place. Because as much Mm -hmm. as I like strategy and structure, Dre, I'm very spirit led. Like I'm very clear that, you know, I like data. I like analytics. I like reading the back end and figuring out what worked and what didn't. But at the end of the day, I still have to filter it through. What is that still small voice saying? Like Mm. I build in time just to think, do you ever just calendar time to think, or do you create space in the week? And it's just about thinking. Not in the calendar, but I do take time out every day for meditation. So I start my day without no devices when I'm doing my yoga. First thing I do in the morning is yoga and I use the calm app. And that's usually 30 to 40 minutes every single day. I don't put it in the calendar, but it's just my routine. Yeah. And what brought you to that, to to yoga specifically? Hmm. 
what bumped me to yoga was I was playing basketball and my lower back was bothering me. <laughs> so you, you try to play basketball with a hurt lower back, it's not easy. Right? You can't bend over, you can't get in the stance, you can't jump, you can't run. You can't do anything when your back hurts. You know, it's a funny thing about injuries with the body, you realize how much you use something when you can't use it. So I had a friend who sent me to their chiropractor and I went to this chiropractor twice, paid him like $100 each session, did absolutely nothing. And I'm like, all right, I just went to this dude for, for no reason whatsoever. I still can't move. My lower back is all tightened up. So then I just heard somebody say, because I was just Googling. Somebody said, well, try yoga for the lower back. So I started, I just went on YouTube and found some, there's a, a thousand, a million yoga videos right. on YouTube. So I, start, I just looked up yoga for lower back. And I just found these people doing the yoga instructions, like 10, 15 minute yogas. And I started doing it every day. And I haven't had a lower back issue since. And that was like 10 years ago. So then I just started swearing by it. So I do yoga every day. I do foam rolling. I do stretching every single day. And I haven't had any of those like tightness or no range of motion or any of that flexibility. I haven't had any of those issues in a decade since I started making that a normal habit. And it's not a lot of time. We're talking 10, 15 minutes a day, max. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I hope those of you who always say I don't have time to look into yoga or to do anything fit pillar related you heard that 10 15 minutes is a good start um dre when we come back i want to jump into your book work on your game okay uh, we we got stuff to unpack there all right all right <laughs> when i started podcasting i had nothing no fancy equipment no cover art no theme music I just had this burning desire that I was supposed to use my purpose of helping people redefine wealth in the podcasting space. And so with some intentional planning, I launched what became the Redefining Wealth podcast in just three weeks. That was four years ago. And today, the Redefining Wealth podcast has over 9 million downloads. We've interviewed everyone from celebrities to entertainers to authors and thought leaders. We've been featured everywhere from Success Magazine to Cosmopolitan and even Good Morning America. Now, why do I share all that? Because I'm not special. The truth is, this started with leaning into my purpose and being willing to use my voice in a powerful way. And I bet that there's something that's calling you as well, something that you need to use your voice to amplify in the marketplace. So I wanna help you do that. If you're finally ready to use your voice and launch a podcast that aligns with your purpose, I wanna invite you to check out my intentional online training, Podcast with Purpose. You can find out more details at podcastwithpatrice.com. That's podcastwithpatrice.com. Your purpose deserves to be amplified, and I want to help you do that. Okay, Dre, so I want to get into work on your game. Out of the 25 books you've written in your career, um, this one is about using the pro-athlete mindset to dominate your game in business, sports, and life. What yeah. uh, aspects of a pro-athlete's mindset could help us dominate our life in other aspects? Well, great question. You set me up with that one. So the book is based on four pillars. The four pillars of the whole work on your game philosophy. It's um, discipline, show up every day, do the work, confidence, put yourself out there boldly and authentically, mental toughness to continue showing up, doing the work, putting yourself out there, even when the success you've expected to achieve has yet to occur, and personal initiative to be a go-getter and make things happen instead of waiting for things to happen. So the whole book is based around those four principles. Okay, so let's let's dig in a little bit, uh, principle by principle. Okay, okay so the discipline okay. piece. Um, what do you yeah. find for most folks is their biggest challenge with just being disciplined and what they say they want? 
or most people don't want to be disciplined because discipline is like a dirty word, right? It sounds like something hard. It sounds like a drill sergeant. It sounds like uh, somebody breathing down your neck and making you do something that you don't want to do, right? That's what discipline sounds like. Forcing yourself into a space that you don't really want to be in and taking some action that you don't really feel like taking. The thing about discipline is it is the foundational piece of believing in yourself is the foundation of high performance is the foundation of consistency. And the thing is, performing at a high level and being consistent, these are the things that people pay you for. So professionals, anyone who gets paid consistently for what they do, they do it at a high level and they do it consistently in a way that's duplicatable and predictable. Those people are usually very disciplined. And if you think about it, the most, some of the highest performers that you know, the most confident people you know are usually very disciplined individuals. So some people will say to me that they want to be disciplined. Usually they ask for something else when it comes to mindset, and we'll get to that in a moment. But anytime somebody says they want to be disciplined, I'll reply back to them. I get text messages all the time. People say, well, yeah, Drake, my biggest challenge is being more disciplined and consistent. I say, okay, well, what's stopping you from being disciplined and consistent? And they say, well, I don't know. It's just me. I just need to do more of it. And I'm like, okay, well, no wonder you keep having the same problem. You don't have, you don't even know what's stopping you from doing it. Then how are you going to fix the issue? So what people usually need when it comes to discipline is they need a reason to be disciplined. And I talk about that in one of my newer books is having that discipline anchor. And the anchor is not necessarily getting yourself hyped up or motivated, Patrice, but it's about having something that you care about strongly enough that you're willing to be disciplined in order to get it. For example, you know, it's early in the year right now. So if someone wants to be in great shape by the summer so they can look good on the beach. OK, you want to lose 20 pounds. You want to get six pack abs. You might hate the gym, but which one is stronger? Your hate for the gym or your desire for that six pack in the summer? If your hate for the gym is stronger, then you're not going to get it. But if your desire for the six pack is stronger, then you'll do the work, even though you hate the gym to get in shape. Or somebody who's about to get married, they want to look good in their wedding photos. Mm -hmm. Or you're about to go to your high school reunion, you want to you know, look good to that, that girl who dumped you back in 12th grade. You're going to do the stuff, even though you hate doing the stuff, just so you can get that outcome. So that anchor is a big thing, or some people call it your why. What is that motivating factor that's really going to push you or pull you to do what you need to do, even when you're not motivated? That's the key. Oh, that's really good. And that's why I said specifically for those things that you say you want. Because that's the thing that always gets me is you say you want to look good in the wedding dress. It's not that someone's forcing you to right. look different on your wedding day. That's what you said you wanted. Yeah. And the, the, but the thing so is, don't make it they, about me. right. But they want to be comfortable and not have to be in the gym more than they want to look good in that wedding dress. So it's kind of like the scale. Which one is stronger? That's really the question that they're not answering. So that's why they say they want something, but they're not doing it. Okay, let's jump into confidence. What's the confidence piece sure. here? Sure. So the way I describe confidence is your willingness and ability to put yourself out there boldly and authentically. And what a lot of people don't understand, because most people who come to me and Patrice, I'm sure this happens to you. And people come to you asking about anything mindset related, anything intangible. What do they want? Most people say confidence. I want to be more I want to have higher level of self-esteem. I want to have a stronger self-image. I just want to be more confident in the way I walk into a room and you know, putting my work out there, whatever it is they're doing. They just want to be more confident. What many people don't understand is that discipline creates confidence. The most Woo! confident people, most confident people, you know, are usually very disciplined people and very disciplined people are usually very confident. So the definition of confidence is your ability, your 
your belief and your ability to do something. So the confidence comes from you going out there and doing the work on a consistent basis. Now, sometimes people may say, let's take something like podcasting or something like playing basketball. Or right, somebody says, OK, so I'm practicing basketball all the time and I'm writing down my scripts for my podcast, but I haven't actually done the real performance yet. Dre. How do I get the confidence to do it the first time? The way I explain it to people is you can borrow your confidence with someone on a temporary basis. So we all have this. We all know this concept called fake it till you make it. Now, personally, I do not agree with fake it till you make it. I do not believe that it exists. I think it's a misnomer. And one of my TED talks, I talked about that. And even in the book as well, I talked about it because fake it till you make it is kind of like, well, first of all, you got to understand how the, the subconscious mind works. Subconscious mind does not know the difference between reality and imagination. But if you tell your mind that you are faking something, then your mind understands that eventually the faking must end. So it's kind of like the story of Snow White or, or not Snow White, Cinderella. Excuse me. I'm getting I'm getting mixed up. Cinderella. She goes to the, the ball with the prince. Right. And she's in those beautiful wedding gowns. And when that clock strikes 12, the faking has to end. She goes back to the rags. That's what happens to people when they fake it till they make it is that maybe you can get a little burst. It's kind of like eating the candy bar, but eventually you're going to get that crash. So what you can do instead is borrow your confidence. So let's just take a basketball player. They are playing in their first game. They've done a lot of practice, but never played in the game yet. How can they have a confidence in the game? I'll ask them, who's your favorite player? So they may say Kobe Bryant or Steph Curry or Patrice, you watch basketball? Who's your favorite player? Mm, I don't really watch that much, so let's just go with Steph Curry. All right, Steph Curry. <laughs> so I would say to that player, I want you to imagine if Steph Curry was playing in the game tonight instead of you. And he was walking on the court. He walked in the gym. How would he feel? I'm not telling you to play like Steph Curry. I'm not trying to tell you to do what he does. I'm asking you, what is his energy? How does he walk onto the court? How does he walk into the gym? How would Kobe walk in the gym? How would Michael Jordan or LeBron walk into the gym knowing what they know about themselves and about the time they put in and the work that they put in and what they know the audience knows about them? What kind of energy would that person have? I want you to assume that energy. I don't want you to try to play like them. I want you to assume their mentality. And when you assume their mentality, because human beings, we have these things called mirror neurons, right? We can watch another person do something. Even if we're not doing the exact same thing, we can mirror their energy. So even me these days, I don't play basketball anymore, but I might go outside and I might run. I might do a, I did a 10K race like a month ago. So even when I, before I go run, I might watch a video of somebody playing basketball because I can mirror the energy. I can get myself into that frame of mind, even though I'm not even doing the same thing. So you can get yourself into that frame of mind. Then you go out and do your thing. And because now you've done it, now you have the confidence to go out there and perform. So that's what the that's what confidence is all about. The framework I use to describe that is called the super you, which is having that highest possible level of confidence, even if you haven't done it before, because the tools, the skills are already within us. The biggest thing that we need for confidence is not just you know, not having fear and being willing to put yourself out there, but it's also, and this is something that very few people ever talk about, Patrice, is giving yourself the permission to no longer conform to being who you've always been. And if you really think about it, that's all Cinderella did. She stepped into a different role when she put that gown on. All right, she stepped into being a different person. I don't know why I'm referring to fairy tales, but I think everybody knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. You put yourself in the frame of mind of a Steph Curry. You're stepping into a different energy. Your skills did not change. You're just stepping into a different energy and you will perform differently because your mindset is different. And mindset is the foundation of all performance. And that is literally the first lesson that I teach in my signature program. In Purpose to Platform, mm -hmm. the first lesson is about giving yourself permission 
to to embody right. like who you say you want to become and not what you've always been. So I'm so in alignment. That's right. And I believe too, consistency is what breeds confidence. Like the mm-hmm. more when we get into it and we just keep doing it. I listened to my first few podcast episodes, Dre. I don't know how we made it here. I'm not gonna lie to you. Like <laughs> the first few podcast episodes, I'm like, oh my gosh, they weren't really that great, but you keep going. You just keep going That's and right. keep going. And I know you have a daily podcast, right? Is it daily? Yes, daily. So you've done how many episodes? Today was episode 2033. 33, yes. Wow. At what point in doing this daily podcast did you feel like, oh, I did the thing? Like, did you feel that At on day point? one? I kind of did. <laughs> and I'll tell you why. <laughs> I'll tell you why. Because I, I started my podcast in 2016. But understand, I've been creating content since 2005. Okay. So I already had like a decade of, of articulating myself in, in the game. So I wasn't brand new to putting content out. I was just stepping into the podcast game. But I was already talking about that stuff for years. So I had a little bit of a head start. Gosh. 2,000 yeah. plus episodes. Okay. Whew. All right. Let's get to mental toughness because it has to take mental toughness to do that. Let's dive into that. Mental toughness is your willingness to continue to be disciplined and confident, even when being disciplined and confident has not produced the desired result. So some people would describe this words people use uh, persistence, perseverance, grit. All of those are you could use them interchangeably when it comes to this definition. And the reason why mental toughness matters so much is because no matter how good you are, how talented, how much resources you have at your disposal, and how you no know, clear the path has been laid for you, everybody's going to face challenges. Everybody has to deal with something along the way, a whole lot of somethings along the way. Mental toughness is the measure of how much are you willing to keep going even though you're dealing with that stuff, even though things are not working, even though you face a setback, even though, even though you follow Patrice's program exactly as she said it, you still didn't get the result. Are you going to keep showing up? Will you keep showing up anyway? And here's the thing. Successful people and unsuccessful people in life all go through stuff. The difference is the successful people keep going and the unsuccessful people don't. And here's the part. Here's the here's the big part, because I'm sure you get this as well as I, as much as I get it. Probably more. A bunch of people always come to me telling me that they have a story. Like I want to tell my story. I've been through this. I did that. Every human being has a story. Mm-hmm. The thing is, though, the only people who get to tell their story are the people who go through the stuff and keep going. Because then when you achieve the success, everybody wants to know, okay, how did you do it? Then you get to tell your story. But if you don't achieve the success, nobody wants to know your story because you don't have the success to speak about. So any of you out there who wants to tell your story, you got to get to the finish line. When you get to the finish line, then everybody's going to want to know how did you do it. That's when you get to indulge yourself and tell your story. So that's why mental toughness matters so much. Oh, that's. I feel like a broken record at this point because I feel like everything you say is so good. Okay. And then principles of universal. Yeah. Personal initiative. Yeah. Personal initiative is about being a go getter because all the stuff that we're talking about is mindset, right? Discipline. And we're going to show up. We're going to be consistent, confidence, believe in yourself, mental toughness. All right. Let's be tough. Things aren't always going to work out. Now we got to put this into motion. Now we got to turn this potential energy into kinetic energy. Now it's time to actually go do something. So being that go getter is. Making sure that you're not just being that 
you know that what I call a pig, professional information gatherer. Uh, there's a lot of those people out there these days. They're always they're gathering more and more information. Let me take another course. Let me read another book. Let me get more information. The challenge with that is there's always new information coming out, and new information is being created at a faster rate than you can consume it. So you will never have all the information. And what I tell people is. This is another rule I have called the 10% rule of information and action. You only need 10% to get started. If you have 10% of the information, get started. It's kind of like the metaphor that somebody says, if you're in, like I'm in Miami, so I wanted to drive from here to Los Angeles. I don't need to see the whole road from here to LA to start driving. I just need to see maybe a mile or two in front of me. And as long as I follow the map, I trust and I'm going to end up in Los Angeles. You don't need to see the entire map in order to get to the destination. And most people come up with the, the made up excuse that I won't start until I can see the entire path. The problem is you will never see the entire path. So this is a built in reason that causes people to fail by their own design. So be willing to get started and you will figure things out along the way. You will gain what I call activity knowledge through doing the stuff, even if you fail, because if you start with only 10 percent of information, you're probably going to fail. It's not gonna, you're not going to get everything right the first time through. Let's put it like that. Not necessarily fail, but you'll iterate. You'll make your adjustments. You go back. And then you get your information for wherever you need to and you do a little bit more. Next time you go a little bit further, next time a little bit further. You don't don't wait on perfectionism. Perfectionism is an excuse that keeps people from taking action. I'm just thinking of all the ladies who have come through my program. If you are in purpose, the platform or command the stage, you already know that I just want to like throw this whole computer because you like we are like carbon copies. I've. I've said all of this stuff and you're right. It's just universal truth at this point. It just mm -hmm. is, is what it is. I love that 10% um, rule um, because one of the things that I believe is one thing can change everything. You know, That's I've right. invested in masterminds myself. I've invested in coaches and I tell my clients all the time, scarcity mindset will have you feeling like you have to consume all of the modules or, you know, do everything that they said before you can mm -hmm. experience any level of success, before you can take a step forward. And right. I've invested tens of thousands of dollars in a program and probably did two out of the 46 things that they said, but it literally <laughs> changed my life, right? Because right. one thing can change everything. It could put you on a completely different path. And, you know, I feel like I'm always, you know, one introduction, one new piece of information, um, like one new bit of awareness away from literally shifting my life and I operate that way. So I don't wait to know everything before I get going. I'm like, mm, I know enough to start. Mm. <laughs> I'll figure it out right. as I go. But that's also why I say, yes, I like structure. I like strategy, but still spirit says it's time. It's that's time. right. And just being willing to start and figure it out along the way. But a lot of people don't have that mentality. Which is why we're here to like share and pass exactly. it along, right? Okay, <laughs> right. so this is something that I, I don't, I think I may have gotten it from your Instagram, but I know you once said the most selfless thing you can do in life is to be selfish. And yeah. I believe you were talking about how you set boundaries to preserve yourself. So I'm imagining mm -hmm. someone going through this process. So I'm getting more discipline. I'm getting my confidence up. I'm doing the thing like mental toughness, all this stuff. How do boundaries play a part in being able to push through with that force, that four step process? Good question. I think I did say that on Instagram. So when it comes to those boundaries, it's you understanding that, yes, it's cool to give to other people of your time, your money, attention, your energy and your focus. But at the same time, you can't give what you don't have. 
You can't help other people if you don't have anything to help them with. So that's why I made the statement to be selfish is the best way to be selfless because you get your own stuff together. Then you can help other people out. And those boundaries are, okay. I'm available to help you out, but this is as much information as I'm going to give you. I'm going to tell you a couple things here on the surface. You take some action and remember that 5149 rule. You take ownership of this thing that you want to do. And when I see that you're serious about it, I'll give you a little bit more of my time. I see you're serious with that. I'll give you a little bit more. But you can't want something for somebody else more than they want it for themselves, even if you're selling it to them. And they have to be willing to come and get it. And what I found, and Patrice, you being a person who works with people, you have programs, as you described. If someone is serious about getting the outcome, you don't have to email them. You don't have to call them. All right, they're calling you. All right, right. You, don't have to ask, you don't have to ask where nobody's at, right? Because they're on top of you. Like, hey, I did the last three things you said. What's the next thing? All right, I got this result. What do I do next? Hey, I applied what you said, but I got this outcome that I wasn't expecting. What do you see here? What can I do with this? They, don't, they never ask you, what should I do next? They say, all right, this is what happened. What do you see? All right, how, do, how would you approach this? And they're on top of you. You don't have to be on top of them. Any person that, if I got to call you, then I don't think you're that serious about where you want to go. You should be calling me. So that's, that's right. the way that I look at that when it comes to the boundaries. What about boundaries and personal relationships? Because as you start to mm. develop these habits, there's some friends and family members and potentially significant others that were used to the comfortable version of mm -hmm. you that was undisciplined and didn't have mental toughness. They probably got something out of you being that way. And so when you start mm -hmm. to shift, then what do these conversations or boundaries look like? It's a good question. And one of the episodes in my show, I talk about the three different levels of people. You have two minute people, you got two hour people and you got two days people. And everybody that you come across is going to go into one of those three boxes. And the two minute person is the high and by individual. This might be a family member who's just not on the same wavelength as you. You can say hi to him. Hey, how you doing? How's the family? How's the weather? You see that game last week? All right. And then you got to keep it moving because this person is not on the same wavelength as you. And you can't get, you can't learn anything from this individual. You don't have to unfollow them on Facebook, but you can't spend too much time with them because they're going to bring your average down. I mean, we all know the law of association. The two hour person is a person that's kind of in the middle. Some days they're kind of like this person who's going nowhere. And some days they sound like they want to do the right thing, but they're kind of vacillating. They're not all the way there quite yet. They haven't really built up the consistency and the discipline. You give them some of what you have and see what they do with it. If they do something with it, then you invest a little bit more into them. They do nothing with it. Then you just let them go and be who they want to be. And this is a big challenge for a lot of us, especially who like to help and like to give, is that sometimes we overexert ourselves trying to help people who don't really want to be helped. But you have to, again, you put them in this group. This is the two hour person that you get them sometime, but they got to do something with it before you move on. Then you had the two days people. These are the people who you would pay your money to spend time around them. All right. These are the people that you earn your way into their world, whether it's through money, whether it's through effort, whether it's through just showing them how serious you are. These are the people who you want to spend as much time as possible around because being around them. Just being around them, even if they don't tell you anything, you feel like you could do 10 times more just by yeah. being in their presence, by being around their vibration, by being around their energy. And hopefully all of us, we can be two days people to the people that we're around. And the way that we get there is that we invest in ourselves and we find two days people for us. So we get that vibration from them. We give it to other people. And eventually, you know, that tide rises for everybody. But uh, people got to be willing to get on the boat. You know, not everybody wants to get on the boat for that tide to rise. So, 
But again, as I said earlier, you can't save everybody. You know, you're not Jesus. You can only save the people who want to be saved. Okay, that was so good. <laughs> <laughs> two minute, two hour today. Oh my gosh. Mm. I, I love that. The two hour people. I, I just mm. love that concept because, you know, if you're a light worker, your heart is to serve and you do want to see people mm. do their best and you see the potential in everyone. You're like, oh my gosh, look at your gifts. You're so talented. You're, but you can literally wear yourself out, burn yourself out trying to get people to their two-day i guess personality or their two-day right um position and so i really like that they just need to be some folks are going to be two minute some folks are worth it you right. see what they do if someone's been in the two hour for a while and they're vacillating and they just keep like not really moving forward then you have to adjust them to two minute i'm assuming they they transition <laughs> or do you stay at two hour it depends. I think that kind of it's at some point it becomes a judgment call. You got to use your discernment. Uh, does this person still have the potential to advance and move up or are they just going to be they just are who they are? I think we would look at that on a case by case basis. But I think I see where you're going with it. And at some point you might just say, OK, I know what I'm going to get out of this person. I'm going to use them just for that. And I'm not even going to try to make them anything other than what they are, because at some point in life, some people just become a certain type and they don't change. So mm -hmm. I think you're right about that. And what I, I like to say, I think I said this on Twitter a couple of weeks ago, 100% of people want to improve, 2% of people want to change, and 0% of people want to be changed. So they had to choose for themselves. Mm. So good. Mm. Dre, you're amazing. Before I let you go, let me ask you these really quick redefining wealth rapid wisdom questions, okay? Just tell okay. us the first thing that comes to mind. So mm -hmm. how do you define success? Success is being the person who you want to be. And when you look in the mirror, you're proud of what you see and proud of who and what you represent. How do you define wealth in three words or less? Well, I'm a very super analytical person. So definition of wealth is anything that other people want. So when you can create things that other people want and you can get it to them in exchange for what you want, you have wealth. Okay, so say that in three words. Oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I was going to let you slide, but nah, say it in okay. three words. What others want. Okay. Very good. Very good. Yes. What's one book that has helped you redefine wealth for yourself? Mm, my favorite, 48 Laws of Power by Robert Greene. Love. All right. Fill in the blank. My name is, and to me, the truth about wealth is. My name is Dre Baldwin, and to me, the truth about wealth is understanding what value you bring to the world and how other people value it and your ability to get it to them. Thank you, Dre. This was so good. Thank you. I am so glad that our paths crossed. I can't, again, I can't believe they didn't cross sooner, but really excited to know you and everything that you're up to. How do people stay in touch with you? Oh, well, thank you. For, I definitely appreciate you sharing your platform here, Patrice, and how people stay in touch with me. I am on every social media platform. TikTok's the only thing I don't publish on regularly, but everything else I am on. I do have my book, The Third Day. I can give people a free copy of that if they just cover the shipping. Can I share that? Yeah. Okay, so I have a, a copy of it. I keep it next to me. So this is my newest book, Third Day, The Decision that Separates the Pros from the Amateurs. In my book, Work On Your Game, that we talked about, I have a chapter called The Third Day. And I, people love this framework so much that I went and made a whole book just around this. 
This book is all about that consistency, that discipline. Showing up when you least feel like showing up and giving your best effort, even when the motivation and energy is not there because this is what separates the pros from the amateurs. A professional is not necessarily the most talented person in the room. They're the most consistent person in the room. Consistent inputs, duplicatable actions, and predictable results. That is what The Third Day is about. This book is free. You just cover the shipping by going to thirddaybook.com. That's also the link in my Instagram bio for anybody on social media thirddaybook.com we will link to it yes. in the show notes i know it's gonna it's incredible like everything else that you say i mean just the gems you dropped in this episode i can only imagine flipping the pages of the book i would be highlighting dog ear and underlining everything um so thank you again so Thanks much so. we really appreciate your contribution to the community here thank you i appreciate you sharing with me thank you that's it for this week's episode purpose chaser i Really hope that you took notes and that you got some great gems that you could take away. Don't be afraid to re-listen to this episode if you really need to get it in your spirit. And also, don't be afraid to pass this along. We don't want to be a best kept secret. We want folks to know that we are out here and there is a community that believes in chasing purpose, not money, and a community that just wants to redefine wealth for themselves. Like, Folks don't know unless you share. So I truly appreciate when you rate, when you review, when you subscribe, when you comment, when you tag me on social media, all of those things, not only do they help the podcast grow, but it is so fulfilling to know that this work is a blessing to you. So thank you for being here. I don't take your time lightly and I am excited to come back next week with another phenomenal episode that I hope will bless you. But until then, I do want you to go live your life's purpose find fulfillment and earn more without feeling like you have to chase money. I'll talk to you later. What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland. For innovators everywhere, visit highland.com.